Hello, I'm Todd Starnes, lead pastor of Odessa First Assembly, and I'm grateful that you joined us today. I hope and pray that this message will encourage you and bless you. And remember, you can find more information about us at odessafirstassembly.com. God bless you. So John chapter 14, I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit this morning, and, and this kind of really spurred out of a conversation, and I, and I just really felt the, I mean, the Spirit just really nudged me to kind of uh, go into this area about the Holy Spirit, and I think it's going to bring, even if you've been in church a long time, I think it's going to maybe even show you something new about the Holy Spirit as it pertains to Paracletos, that, the meaning of that word, and um, so I'm excited about it. I'm not, in this, I'm not intending to go deep or, um, I don't know, I always think I'm going to be more conversational and teaching and then I end up preaching, so I don't know what you're going to get this morning, but uh, we're just kind of going to roll with it. Is that okay? So John chapter 14, the first verse we're going to read is John, uh, John chapter 14, verse 16, and then we're going to read verse 26, and 26 is really the main verse that we're going to focus on, but John chapter 14, verse 16 says, I will ask the Father, this is Jesus talking, I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another helper to be with you forever. I'm going to ask the Father, and he will give you another helper that will be with you forever. Uh, John 14, 26 says this, but the helper, the Holy Spirit There we go, okay. I don't know my little formatting on, okay, here we go. John 14, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things I have said to you. And I, I, I want to explain this a couple of things even before we get started. And one is this. As we are followers of Christ, there is something we really have to understand. To really live this life well, kind of what I just prayed about, is we really have to live a life of surrender. I mean, we, th- we see a pattern of Scripture, Galatians 2, we know that, right? For I have been crucified. What does to be crucified mean? It means that we are putting to death what we were. We have been crucified with Christ. And, and there's a real key sentence in Galatians 2.20. It is what? For it is Christ that lives in me. And matter of fact, what we're going to look at in just a few moments is how that happens, and that happens through the Holy Spirit. But we see in Scripture, it tells us what? That we are not our own. We have been bought and paid for with a price. That we are what? We are temples of the Holy Spirit. And it takes a level of surrender. We've really got to get to the place in life. I mean, we kind of sang the song this morning. I'm going to say yes even before you ask the question. You got it. We sing that. There's a last song that we sing. To live this life well, to really get it, we have to live in a place of surrender. And so when I was looking at this as the Holy Spirit as Paracletos, that when we read in John 14, 26, when it says helper, but the helper, that is the Greek word that is being used for helper right there. Paracletos, the one that comes along aside, is a more specific definition. But the Holy Spirit as Paracletos, something else I want you to understand, is that the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is not an entity. The Holy Spirit is a person. 
And when you look in John 14, 15, and 16, and I would always encourage you to keep those three chapters fresh on your mind to read about and to read about the Holy Spirit. But there's something very specific you're going to find. And I want us to look at one of them together. If you have your Bible, or I know it's going to be on the screen, but John 15, 26, just one chapter ahead of John 14, 26. And we're going to see something very specific right here. And I'm kind of going to emphasize it. Um, and so, because I could use 14, 26 as well, but this is a good verse. But when he, the helper, comes, there we're seeing it again, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, there's, what does it say next? Who? Who proceeds from the Father and he will what? He. I mean, we're seeing specific pronouns. You see it in John 16, 13. You see it in John 14, 26. I will send, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit is a person. And the Holy Spirit is here in the place of Jesus. If we did not have the Holy Spirit here with us today, then here's how things would work. If we want to have communion with Jesus in any type of way, we'd have to go find where he is on the planet and go see him. I mean, we have 7 billion people on the planet. Are you hearing me this morning? Yes, Jesus is fully God, but he was also fully man when he walked here on the earth. And Jesus said this in John 16, 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, again, the paracletos, will not come to you. But if I go, I'm going to send him to you. And so the Holy Spirit is here in the place of Jesus. The Holy Spirit acts on Jesus' behalf. In John 16, 13, when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare things to you, the things that are to come. The Holy Spirit is here. So the Holy Spirit is here in the place of Jesus, but he also acts on Jesus' behalf. You see, the Holy Spirit is not a creation of God or an expression of God, but is God. See, we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And we, I mean, it, the Trinity is, is sometimes a, a difficult subject to process and to catch a hold of. And I'm going to give you a very simplified answer description about what the Trinity is. Because you're, uh, it, it is a little confusing, I mean, isn't it? I mean, you know, God and three persons and the Trinity, and, and, but they're, they're all God. How, how does that work? Well, let me describe it to you this way. Being is what you are. God is who he is. You are, we are human what? We are human what? We're not, we're not, we're not canines. Maybe some that could be argued. I know, but we're not we're not canines. We're you know we're not we're not rhinoceroses or whatever. We're human beings. That we're our being is that of a human. God is a being. He's a deity. He's the creator of heaven and earth. That's who God is. A person is whom you are. 
And so when I introduce myself, I don't introduce myself as, hello, I'm Todd Starnes, the human being. Right? I'm, I'm Todd Starnes, and, and Todd Starnes may be several things. He's a father. He's a husband. He's a pastor. Are you, are you, listen, are you hearing me this morning? And so what we see is that the being is who he is, and that is God, and the person is who he reveals himself to be, whether it's Father, Son, or Holy Spirit. What makes it difficult to explain or even comprehend is there's, no, there's nothing on earth that really gives an accurate description of who the Trinity is. But we know that there are separate persons because, I mean, God is not schizophrenic. I mean, when Jesus was getting baptized, he wasn't talking to him Self, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Are you following me? And so we see that, and, and we, it, it, it holds true because how many times, I've said it so many times that when you look at the Old Testament, what do we see? We see God's revelation as Jehovah. And so we see so many encounters through the Old Testament of what? Of when, I mean, uh, of when uh, um, uh, Abraham was taking Isaac to be sacrificed. What That encounter, how did God reveal himself? He revealed himself as Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God that provides. And, and, and just so we have an understanding, that's about sacrifice, not money. That was a prophecy about Jesus going to be the supreme sacrifice. And so we see that all through Scripture, in Exodus, and when, when the children of Israel come out of Egypt, and there's this encounter with God, and God says, the diseases that were on the Egyptians will not be on you. Why? Because I'm the Lord God that heals thee, Jehovah Rophe. And so we see these encounters all through Scripture of God revealing the nature of who he is. We see the same thing with Jesus. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, I'm the bread. He said, I'm, right? He said, I'm, I'm the bread of, I'm, I'm the good shepherd. I'm the gate. I'm, I'm the way to the Father. You know, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And we see Jesus bring revelation to who he is, and it's, it's multifaceted. And it holds also true with the Holy Spirit. And we see it in this one word of parakletos. And so if you really do an in-depth study, I'm just going to very quickly go through some things that that one word tells us. I mean, I don't know, some of you, how many of you, how many of you are bilingual? Raise your hand. If you're bilingual, raise your hand. All right. If you're trilingual, raise your hand. Any trilinguals? We, oh, a couple of hands. How about quadrilingual? Is that even more? I, don't, I forget how many. So Anna, who, who knows more languages, you or Brother Paul? Brother, how many does he know? Five languages. Anybody know any, five or more? Five or more languages? You know, so if you speak, for those of us that don't speak other than English, we don't really realize that uh, I, sometimes, and I have a hard time speaking the one well, but um, English tends to be boring in its description. Those that are bilingual, would, would, would you agree with me on that? Raise your hand if you agree. Sometimes there's some, word, well, some words. Thank you, Ashley. She's with me. Okay. Well, when we look at the scripture and there's a word like parakletos, what the translators do, they, they try to find, there may be, as we're going to find out, six words that to, could describe 
of what parakletos means. And what they did, when maybe in your translation they put advocate, or maybe in your translation they put comforter, or maybe, or, or maybe in your translation they put helper, but they try to find the best word that fits that when there could be six different words. And so one of those words is comforter. And so think about this. Anytime you're looking at John 14, 26, it could literally say, like the ESV says, but the helper. But it would be okay to say, but the comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And, th- and think about it this way. He's going to teach you all things, right? What, the last time I checked, all means what? It means all. But if we think about what that name represents, so he's going to teach you everything you need to know about how to be comforted. But that may not excite anybody else right now, but it it speaks to me. He's going to teach you all things about who he is and bring to remembrance all that I said to you. And so when I look at this, comforter, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father of mercies, the God of all what? Comfort. So many times we, we have, people have such a hard time with the Trinity because they, they see the Trinity in, a, in, in really a humanistic idea. And so if we have a bad relationship with our Father, we will tend to project how we feel about our earthly Father to our heavenly Father. And I love my heavenly father, but I'm going to tell you what, there's nobody on this earth that compares to my heavenly father. Are you with me? But see, if I have an issue with, uh, you know, some people may see him just as justice or judge, and then maybe they see Jesus that, you know, he's got all these promises and he does good stuff, and we see the Holy Spirit who just ma- who makes us feel good. That is so inadequate of what the Trinity does for us. The Holy Spirit, he is a comforter. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort. And so, if, the, if God is the God of all comfort, that means Jesus is the God of all comfort. That means the Holy Spirit is the God of all comfort, who comforts us in what? And once again, what's the word again? All our affliction. It doesn't matter what you go through in life, what you face, what you contend with, what the storm looks like. I'm going to tell you where your comfort is, and that's in the comforter. So many times we, get, we're, we're, we, we try to chase other things to give us comfort, but there's only one place you're going to find real comfort. So that we may be, and there's, a, there's something that happens here. So God does this work in us, and look at this so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. Freely you have received, so freely give. If you really want to get tapped into how the Holy Spirit works, and your relationship to say fresh and vibrant and, and connect with the Holy Spirit, then give what you got. I said give what you got. You're going you, you're gonna to meet people that have gone going through things, things that you went through, Be open about your life and let the Holy Spirit flow as streams of living water with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Parakletos. Um, The second one is this. I want to go go ahead and go to this one. Is advocate. Is advocate. In 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1 it says, My little children, 
I'm writing these things to you that you may not sin. But if anyone does not, but if anyone does sin, so that would be that'd be us. I, if I asked to show of hands, I know somebody wouldn't raise your hand. Then you would know you sin because you're a liar. Amen. Hope you just feel love right now and goosebump. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. An advocate in the dictionary is defined, listen to this, as a person who publicly, publicly supports or recommends a particular cause. The Holy Spirit's all about the cause of Jesus or policy. He's an advocate to us. And some other words that go along with advocate, listen to this, champion. The Holy Spirit's your champion. The Holy Spirit's your upholder. The Holy Spirit's your supporter. The Holy Spirit is your backer. The Holy Spirit is your promoter. The Holy Spirit is your spokesman. The Holy Spirit is your campaigner. The Holy Spirit is your fighter. The Holy Spirit is your crusader. That's what being an advocate is. Friend, the Holy Spirit is for you. Why? Because Jesus is for you, and it's because the Father is for you. The advocate, he's, he's for us. He's for us. The third one is intercessor. Romans 8, 26 through 28. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. There was a, I've shared this story, I think, some time ago, but I thought it was, you know, I, I wanted to share it again. It was, it was years ago. There was a, a fairly new believer. We were, um, you know, at one time, Angela was the kids pastor for her, for her dad at Christian Life in Lubbock. I was the youth pastor, and um, there was this new believer there. And every time the Holy Spirit was preached on or talked about, I mean, he was so hungry and he wanted to get filled in the Holy Spirit with evidence speaking in tongues. He responded to every altar call. We prayed privately so many times, and um, uh, it just, it just really, it just, it just never happened for him. And then one night, I mean, it was late. We we were. It was after church. It was a Sunday night, and I never were in the foyer of the church, the vestibule, and and we're, I was sitting there talking to him and. And I, I just felt it in my heart again. I was like, dude, I was like, let's just pray right now again. I, was like, I think God is going to do it right now. We want to pray. He's like, man, I'm for that. My hands, hands raised, eyes closed. I mean, he's already ready to pray, you know. And so we start praying, and we're praying, and, and, and man, feeling like we're touching heaven. And I hear the Holy Spirit speak something to me. And the Holy Spirit says, I've already filled him. And I, I was like, uh, you know, because anything the Lord speaks to us, it's going to line up with what? It's going to line up with the word. I'm like, Lord, I hadn't heard him speak in tongues. He's like, I feel him in the Holy Spirit. I was like, I hadn't heard him speak in tongues. And so I'm, you know, and so we kind of pray, and that kind of, you know, that moment kind of dies down. And, and I was like, okay. I was like, I, either I'm hearing myself, 
or something weird or whatever, or that's, that's the Lord. And so I start talking to him, and I'm like, what's gone on in your life recently? He's like, well, you know, and just immediately he says, uh, my dad, man, he was, his, his dad was, uh, uh, had life-controlling issues and addictions, and, and his dad got in really bad trouble, and uh, his, his life was really in peril, and it was in another city, and so he jumps in his truck, and he's, he's flying down to you know, intervene and help with his dad, and he said, I'm, I'm, as I'm driving on the highway, he said, I'm just praying, I'm worshiping, I'm asking God for direction, and then all of a sudden, he said, I started praying this gibberish I didn't understand. He's like, I really thought I was losing my mind. I had to pull over, and I was, I was just, I was saying things. I have no idea what I was saying, and I was like, dude, you got filled in the Holy Spirit. See, God didn't know what he was talking about when he told me that he had filled him. But it was out of a place of what? And, pro- and most likely, I think we can assume what was happening is that the Holy Spirit was praying in his weakness. The Holy Spirit was making intercession with groans too deep to understand. I want you to understand right now, church, that it does take some surrender to know the fullness of the Holy Spirit. But you also need to know that God responds to faith, God responds to hunger, and God responds to hurt. If you're in one of those three areas, God will respond to you. He's an intercessor. Number four, counselor. Proverbs 19, 20. I wanted to go to the Old Testament for this one. Proverbs 19, verse 20 and 21. Listen to advice. <clears throat> They're not here this morning. How about that? that? Some of you are with me. Okay, never mind. Listen to advice and accept instruction. It's biblical. <laughs> that you may gain wisdom for the future. Many are the plans of the mind of man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. I could go through John 14, 15, and 16, and, and different verses about how we see over and over and over again, one of the things the Holy Spirit's going to do is take from what's of the Father and make it known to you. And matter of fact, in John 16, 13, we, there's part of that verse that we kind of maybe rush over just a, a little bit quick. And it's the one that says, um, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you to all truth. So right there we're seeing again that spirit of truth, that parakletos, he's going to be a guide for you. He's going to be a counselor. And, it's, and he goes on to say this, for he will not speak on his own authority, but he will only Whatever he hears, he will speak, and listen to this, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. I'm going to say something I very believe very firmly in, two things. One is this, is that God is too big to miss. When we're praying for God's will to be at work in our life, we... We, I, I know I get, sometimes I get anxious and I get kind of stressed out and I'm like, am I hearing you, God? Are you leading me this way? Are you leading me that way? And, and we make it a very confused thing, but listen to me. When you live a surrendered life and you're that temple of the Holy Spirit, the byproduct of that is God's going to lead you. Did you know that God wants his will for you more than you want the will, his will for you? 
I believe that we can live in a place of communion with the Holy Spirit, of Him in us and around us and our relationship with the Father. I, I really do believe this, that I can live life in a way when it seems like that I'm acting in a spontaneous nature that it's actually the perfect will of God. Do you know what that takes to live in that place? Do you not know that you're a temple of the Holy Spirit? It's that place of surrender to Him. He's a counselor. I like this one. Number five is this. He's a strengthener. He's a strengthener. Isaiah chapter 40. Sometime in the end of the year, maybe next year, I really want to preach on this passage and contents. You know, I just, as I, I saw something in my notes here that I skipped over, I, I want to talk, let's just say this very quickly about counselor. God all the time wants to give you instruction, wisdom, and the knowledge that you need. He always wants to do that. He always wants to give you that guidance. It's not, it's not like trying to find an Easter egg. It's not trying to find something you can't find. God wants to give it to you. Number five, strengthener. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 27. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and... My right is disregarded by my God. Verse 28, have you not known, have you not heard? The Lord is, an, is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I'm going to tell you, sometimes just living life, you get exhausted. And we got to get to the place and understand that it is God that sustains us. That's matter of fact, that's what the psalmist wrote. He wrote, it is God that sustains me. And so many times we exhaust ourselves by looking at some other place, some other area for relief, when all the while what we need to do is allow him to strengthen us. And I want to close with this one. It's the last one. And this one kind of took me by surprise because I'll be honest, in all my years, I had never heard this one as a definition, as part of the word parakletos. But number six is this. He is our standby. He is our standby. I almost wanted to play Stand By Me right there, but I thought some of you might have thought I backslid or something. But uh, John 14, 17. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him. Why do you know him? Because he dwells with you and will be in you. He dwells with you and will be in you. What do I mean by stand by? The Holy Spirit, who is God, is standing by your side right now. 
He's standing by your side right now. As you're listening to me preach, as you're reading that verse, you can rely on him during an emergency, no matter the magnitude of the emergency. You need to remember that he is here to strengthen. He is here to comfort. He is here to counsel. He is here to advocate. He is here to do in your life whatever it is you need done. What does that remind? I don't, it reminds me of the encounter of Moses at the burning bush. Moses at the burning bush. And what happens? He's having this encounter with God. And Moses asks, who, who, who am I going to say that is sending me? We, see, we have the privilege and the understanding of, the, of seeing a bird's eye view, a scripture. This is new to Moses. Who do I say sent me? And what did, you, what did, what did, what did God say through the burning bush? I am that I am. And the best definition I know for I am that I am, I say this so often, is that God is saying, I am whatever you need me to be when you need me to be it. And the qualifier in that statement is N-E-E-D, need. Are you with me? That's not W-A-N-T, it's need. And we see that in Scripture. What, we, we see Jesus following the same pattern. What do we need? We need a Savior. And Jesus became that Savior. We need a baptizer of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus became that, and now we have the Holy Spirit. And so we go through all through Scripture of, of the promises Christ brought and the fulfillment we see in our day now that happens through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Remember, He is here to strengthen us, um, to imagine that the Holy Spirit who lives in me is in a constant, consistent place on standby. That I can draw counsel from. That I can draw comfort from. That I can draw strength from. I think I'm a whole lot more excited than you guys are. To think that he never takes a leave. He never takes a coffee break. He never takes a vacation. 365, 24 hours a day, the Holy Spirit wants to be your advocate, wants to be your comforter, wants to be your counselor, wants to be your strengthener, wants to be your standby. The Holy Spirit, who is all-knowing, and searches the depths of God is your standby. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that this message was an encouragement to you. Remember, you can find more about us at odessafirstassembly.com and also across the social media platforms. It is our prayer that God blesses you, keeps you, sustains you, and if you're ever in the area of the Permian Basin, come and join us at Odessa First Assembly. God bless you.